But today is our sixth and final message in our series, Cultivating Your Heart. And through this series, we have shown how God uses disciplines, if you will, to cultivate our heart. The disciplines such as prayer and engaging his word, seriously engaging his word. And being part of a vibrant church, he'll use church to cultivate us and one another, building each other up, encouraging, investing in each other. He uses a spiritual longing that his Holy Spirit nurtures in us to cultivate our heart. And last week, as Hunter shared with us, he will often use the practice of solitude and quietness to cultivate our heart. I affectionately changed the title of Hunter's sermon last week and decided I would call it from henceforth, put down your phone, dadgummit, because I think that's what he was telling us to do. Maybe not the last part of that title. Might edit that out. But this morning I want to show how God cultivates us spiritually in our heart, shapes us through stewardship. Stewardship. Now, that ought to really excite you that I'm going to talk for the next 30 minutes about stewardship, but I hope it will by the end of the time that you would say, oh, wow, Lord, I, I, I had not thought of it in that way, what you have treasured to me and how you will use that to cultivate my heart closer to you. And in being more like Jesus, we actually do the work of Christ and have the blessings of Christ and have the image of Christ bearing forth in us. So we're grateful for the opportunity to have those things. Now, you know that stewardship is the management of life and resources that are treasured to us in life. And I just want you to understand right out of the gate that stewardship is deeply theological. Stewardship reveals what you believe about God. It reveals uh, what you believe about God as you manage, it, manage the resources that belong to God and are made by him to bring him glory. So the way we recognize and hold resources reveals the heart of what we think about God and how we want to respond to that thought. So the way that we use time, money, talent, ability, Influence and a whole bunch of other stuff is going to reveal what we know about God and what God wants to be known about himself. So God uses the call of stewardship to cultivate us spiritually. And when we practice stewardship, he, he actually reveals his work in us. So this is way more than just giving. This is more than just managing. This is Lord do it in a manner that I know you more and that you are shaping my heart more like you. So you probably know that God is working that in us as the Bible has described stewardship as God being the owner of all things and trust those things with us that we might manage them according to his own goodness and grace and call. And it's, it's a blessing to the Lord when we manage that well, and in blessing the Lord with that, we bless the people of the Lord. We bless his creation as well. So in the Bible where you find stewardship, you find there's an owner who is delegating what belongs to him 
to someone else that that individual might steward those resources well in the absence of the owner. In ancient times, if you had to leave your home or your farm or your business, maybe you were traveling somewhere, you would often delegate or choose a trusted steward to manage your resources for you. Being a chosen steward was a great honor. It really spoke highly of the individual that was choosing you to care for and tend to what belonged to them. It speaks highly of the relationship that the owner has with the steward and the steward has with the owner. It shows that there is trust and respect that has been built into the relationship. Now just consider for a moment, because I'm going to move this towards the way Christ is relating to us, but I just want to think in, in, in a broad sense, what is the responsibility of a steward, to, uh, of the owner to the steward? So if you or I were selected by an owner to be the steward, what should he or she be responsible to us for? What should, what should that individual make sure that we have? And I think we could just go through this for a moment. You'll find these listed in your handout so that you can make some notes along the way. First, the steward is to demonstrate the purpose, the principle, and the practice of his business or of his affairs. So what are the purposes? What are the practices? What are the principles of those practices? Just show what those things are. It, it shouldn't be only by word. It should be by the owner doing these things because remember, the steward is taking the place of the owner. Secondly, the owner ought to help the steward by choosing the steward and then training that manager to do his job or her job well. And then number three, give the manager instructions and make known the expectations. Here's what I, ex I expect you to do and here's the way I expect you to do it. So tell me what the expectations are and tell me what you expect of me. Number four, entrust the resources to the steward's care. You've got to, if you're the owner, you've got to hand it over and to give it to the steward to possess. And then finally, Commission that person with authority to act on your behalf and remind him that there is coming a day in the future that you will hold him accountable. So those are the responsibility of the owner to the stewards, that all that would be very clear. So in the parables that Jesus tells that involve an owner and a steward, he's telling all those parables to help people to understand more about the kingdom of heaven. And as he is communicating the kingdom of heaven, he is relating to himself as the owner and to his people as the stewards. So there we find the relationship that you and I have with Jesus in regards to all that belongs to him. He is the owner and he has gone away. As he said to the disciples, I'm going back to my father. It's good for you that I do because he'll spend, send the spirit and he'll remind you of all the things that I've taught you and I'm going to give you authority and I'm going to hold you accountable to the things that I've entrusted to you. I want you to manage my kingdom on earth well. He's, he's doing all of that so we recognize our, our relationship to him. Now, we just know this on the outset. There's so many passages I could point to regarding this that Jesus is the owner but I'm going to just dial in for a moment to 
the 24th Psalm, verse 1. In that, it says that the Lord owns everything. Everything in the, in, is stated in the Bible as belonging to God. And he just repeats that over and over and over. In fact, he is identified as the king of the kingdom. Not only is all creation belonging to him, but Jesus is the king of the kingdom, and he rightfully sits on his throne ruling and reigning. And when Jesus left his throne there in heaven to come to earth to bring the kingdom of heaven here to announce that the kingdom is at hand, when he did that, he took on the likeness of man. He demonstrated what the purposes of the kingdom are, what are the principles of the kingdom, and how to practice that. In fact, every day of his living life, that's what he was doing. He was revealing to mankind, here's the purpose of the kingdom, here's the principles of the kingdom, and here's the way you enact the practices of the kingdom. We saw him. When you're reading the gospels, you are reading those things. Jesus is declaring the purpose, the principles, and the practices. He's perfect at that. Now, you and I know that overarching in Jesus' mission here on earth, he was proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And he was revealing what life would be like in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are the, are the same. He was revealing what that's like. Some people get that confused a little bit. When Jesus is healing someone, he's not just showing the authority that he has as the son of God, but he is showing what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like in the future where there will be no sickness, where demons will be not. So he's removing them as a way of giving us a glimpse in that moment of what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. He is revealing to us those things of what the kingdom is going to be like as people are healed and raised. And then he is also laying his life down as a ransom so that you and I might have access to this great kingdom. He's the door by which we enter, and he's making sure that we have the means to enter into that kingdom. So that's the purpose of Christ. He came to proclaim the good news. He came to reveal what the kingdom of heaven is like, and he came to make way for you and me to be in the kingdom of heaven, laying his life down as a ransom for many. So when Jesus was in the business, he was in the business of seeking and saving the lost. That's what he came to do. And that business continues today. He has entrusted that business to you and me to seek and save the lost, to introduce them to Christ, to introduce them to the gospel, to point them to the scriptures, to point them to the way. His business, he was very much part of that business. And now that he sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven, he has entrusted those resources to us that you and I might thrive in the business that belongs to him. In fact, when you think about the business of Christ, he reveals that in the way he reveals his character. He says that I'm the physician. The physician doesn't come to those who are well. He comes to those who are sick. And so as the physician, he came to make sinners whole, calling them to repentance, reconciling them to God, that they might have peace with God through his life, death, and resurrection. He saw and communicated himself as the shepherd, and the shepherd was always gathering people, feeding them, tending to them perfectly, and he communicated that he was the teacher. Of course he was the teacher. He's the very word of God, and all the words that he spoke were truth. And so he lived and taught that word perfectly, perfectly. 
So as we understand Jesus, we understand what he has commissioned us to do, to be those things before people pointing to Jesus, inviting them into this kingdom that belongs to Christ. So now the owner's responsibility has been given to us and all the resources that are needed to accomplish those things according to the glory of Christ. So go back through that list with me and for this moment and just point out Jesus. As the owner, Jesus revealed his purpose, principles, and practices faultlessly. I encourage you to read the Gospels regularly, regardless of whatever reading plan you're on. Reflect on the Gospels. When you can't sleep at night, put the Bible app on the audio version and just listen to the Gospels. Just while you're running down the road, listen to the Gospels. When you're reflecting in a quietness, think about the Gospels because in that you're understanding the principles and the practices, the very purposes of the kingdom that Christ has given to us. Secondly, Jesus has chosen us as stewards and trained us well to accomplish his mission Specifically, he's given us the Bible, this, this word in which you and I read every Sunday and every Monday through Saturday. And that word was written so that we might understand these things. What is the mission and how are we to accomplish the mission? He's not just given us the word, he's given us the spirit who is our helper, our guide, our teacher, our intercessor, and our empowerer. So he doesn't just say, now go on and do my business. He says, go and do my business as I have revealed it and as I have communicated it and as I am empowering you to do so. We're grateful for that. Number three, Jesus has instructed us clearly to make known uh, and to make known the, the expectations for us. He's clearly instructed us and told us what the expectations are. Here's the instructions. Go therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teach them the things that I have commanded you to do. Those are the things that Christ has told us. Here, here's the instruction that he's given to us to be disciple makers. And he's made known his expectations for us. We're to love God entirely and love others expressly. That is the expectation that God has for us. We are to be sacrificial in that. And then number four, just working through the list here, Jesus has entrusted each of us with abundant resources, including his spirit, the Bible, prayer, fellowship of the saints, spiritual gifts, talents, abilities, possessions, and so much more. And all those things God has entrusted to us that we might do the kingdom work that we might invest them in the kingdom principles, that we might engage those resources with kingdom practices so the purposes of Christ might be accomplished. And then number five, he's commissioned us with authority, saying all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, now go. And there's the transference, isn't it? He's giving us that authority that had been entrusted to him and he says, I'm giving you the authority to make disciples and baptize and teach, help people to observe what I've commanded you. So Jesus taught his disciples, and he reminded us through the Apostle Paul's words that each of us are going to give an account to the resources that he's We use them for the kingdom purposes that Christ 
use the purpose, those, uh, those things entrusted to him. He also told us that we are going to appear before him in the Bema Seat judgment, the judgment before Christ, and we will give answer to all all the things that I've trusted to you, I'm going to hold you accountable to those things. And just recognize that he wants to reward us for those ways that we have been faithful. Now, the ways that we've not been faithful, they just burn away. They have no eternal significance. They were only temporary. But those things that we have done faithfully as good stewards, he will reward, and that reward will last eternally. And so what a, what a great help for us to be encouraged. Now, stewardship begins with Christ cultivating our hearts. So it's that Christ has begun a work in us is where stewardship, the very idea that you and I could manage well, that's where it comes that God is already at work in my heart. So listen, I'm not asking you to figure this out. I'm not asking you to do it better. I'm not asking you to start something new. I'm asking you to let God cultivate your heart. And as he is cultivating your heart, you will see resources differently. You'll see talent differently. You'll see money differently. You'll see life differently because God is working in your heart. You'll see things as Christ saw them. So as you know, first he saves us by grace, giving us new life and provision and mission. And then second, he conditions and empowers us continually by his Holy Spirit. So that he cultivates our heart by giving us a new heart, helps us to be good stewards, makes it so that we can be good stewards. And that continuous working of the Holy Spirit is an evolving work so that we might be more and more given to the things of Christ, stewarding life better as we get older. And the Lord uses our role in stewardship to develop our heart continuously. Hey, by the way, God doesn't need any of us to accomplish anything. He doesn't need us. It's not like he said, man, I sure hope Gunner comes to me because I could use what he's got. God doesn't do it in that way. He doesn't need me in any measure. I need God in every measure. I need God. So when, when I get that and when I understand that, I'm like, God, would you just work in me and work in my heart in a way that I might be cultivated and the evidence would be I'm managing the resources that belong to you entrusted to me I'm managing them well accomplishing the purposes of Christ and the principles of Christ and the practice of Christ and the more I steward well the more I see God at work and the same would be for you so he's most actively at work when we are faithfully managing his resources entrusted to us to advance the mission of Christ. Now I want to mention four ways that God is shaping our hearts through faithful stewardship. Just uh, pull your hand out and just make some notes. I'm going to give you two R's and two G's. So RG is going to point to two R's and two G's hoping that you'll recognize God is working stewardship in me to cultivate my heart. 
If you've got it in your mind, which sometimes I, I get it in my mind this way too, that God has an expectation of stewardship in me and there's something kind of hanging over me to be a good manager of all the resources entrusted to me and there's some weightedness to, to us in that. If you've got it in your mind that that's all that stewardship is, man, throw that out. Stewardship is God working in our heart, cultivating our heart through talent, ability, resources, means, all those things given to us so that we might have the mind of Christ, be shaped in the way of Christ, carry out the principles of Christ, the practices of Christ. It, it is the way that God is exercising. God wants us to use resources well managed by the work of the Holy Spirit. And when he sees that, he sees that he is very much at work in our heart. When we see that, we recognize he's at work in our heart as well. Here, here's four. Number one, R, reliance. As stewards, the Lord calls us to trust him as owner and provider, believing that he will supply our needs and the resources that are necessary to accomplish the mission. Now, just outright, it's a given that God is going to give you what you need to be sustained in life. He said, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. I, I can take care of that. Uh, if he can take care of the most simplest of creation and make sure that they have food and clothing, he can certainly take care of the apex of creation, you and me who bear his image. So, so that's just out. We, we've got that. God will take care of you. You'll eat and be clothed without any question. The resources that we're asking him for are the resources that we might accomplish the mission to bring him glory. That's what we're asking him for. Not more for me, but more for his kingdom. Lord, let the name of Christ be more widely known. May disciples be more widely made may your glory be widely dispersed among the earth may more people praise you because you have entrusted resources to me and i manage them well to the glory of king jesus when we think of it in that way then we recognize there's a reliance a dependence on god that is absolutely essential i'm trusting god to provide the resources necessary I catch this almost every week when I start to prepare for Sunday. Uh, after I preach this message, I, there will be a nag in the back of my mind that is like, okay, next Sunday's coming. You, you better get busy. And when I, when I get to open the scriptures and just dig into them, I know I'm going to the first two verses of that second epistle in Peter, and already, I was working through some of that yesterday, already, Lord, you know, if you don't give me what is necessary for your people. If you don't give me the words for my heart and their heart, Lord, we will miss it wildly. So I'm just asking that you would give that to me. There's a reliance that comes when we recognize if you're gonna do the things that are eternal, that bring Christ's glory, you have to be reliant on Christ to give you what is necessary. I was not born with the resources to bring Christ's glory. I was not born with the ability to take the eternal word of God that it always has been and always will be the eternal truth. I wasn't born with the capacity to be able to understand that and communicate that. God has to give that to me. So when we rely on him, 
we put ourselves in the right perspective to be a good manager. Lord, I bring nothing to this. I bring nothing to our relationship. I bring nothing to the mission. You bring everything. I'm totally reliant on you. You say, is that real? Listen, I'm totally reliant on God to fire my heart. If my heart is going to be, it's because God has determined there's an electrical impulse that moves through it. If my neurons are going to move, it's because God has determined them to move in the right channels for them to move. If my air is going to come, or my lungs are going to take in the air, it's going to be because God has determined it to be. I'm totally dependent upon him. And so are you. So, Lord, I'm relying on you. Now, this requires, obviously, a deep sense of faith and dependence on God, which can help us to condition our hearts to be more humble, more grateful, and more trusting. Now, you and I recognize, because he has done this, it is just like God to call on us to manage what is impossible for us to accomplish on our own. It's just like him to give an assignment for which you cannot do. That you have to be totally reliant on him. We sit in a building that God called us to give toward that would not be possible had he not infused resources and generosity and management on behalf of people individually and collectively to provide nearly $9 million for us to build a building without debt and walk into it to the glory of God. That's just one thing. God will often assign us something that you say, no way, how could I ever do that? Oh, you do it because the master, the owner says, I'm going to give you the resources. I'm going to entrust them to you. Now, don't dig a hole and put those resources there and just hand them back to me as I gave them to you. I'm going to give you these resources, and I want you to use them to the investment of my kingdom. And when I come back, I want there to be multifold. He'll trust you with that. That's what an owner does for the steward. He will trust you with resources. And we can often honor the Lord by faithfully relying on him daily as we live open-handed, stewarding our resources, including our abilities and influences. So God is calling us to be a steward, not just with treasures, temporary money and possessions. He's, he's talking about, I've entrusted to you influence. You and I do recognize it's a big deal when we Come in the name of Jesus Christ, don't you? When you and I come in the name of Christ, we are coming with his influence. So he has entrusted his name to us. So when we give a cup, cup of cold water in his name, something incredible happens. That's a resource of influence that you and I have been entrusted to give according to the goodness of God. We are sharing the purpose of Christ in that moment, the principle, and the practice. Uh, when you scoop up some 
potatoes on Thursday at Way of the Cross alongside the meatloaf that Meadowbrook cooks. You do it in the name of Jesus. You're doing it with the heart of Jesus that he has given to you, entrusted to you with the nature of his spirit that indwells you. That's a big deal that you have that kind of influence. And when you're side by side with a coworker and you're communicating the truth of the Bible, not your opinion, but here's what God says about it, you are doing so with an influence that has been entrusted to you by the word of God. It's a big deal. And so we ought to steward that well as we rely on Christ. Secondly, we're looking for ways that God is shaping our hearts through stewardship by responsibility. As stewards, we're responsible for managing the resources of God that he's entrusted to us, proving that we understand that all things belong to him and are for his glory. And when we're responsible manager for those resources of God, those things he's entrusted to us, we've concluded in our mind that he's coming back and we're going to stand before him and we are going to give an account. Let's just pause for a moment and say, God, find me faithful. Find me responsible. Don't let me squander what you have entrusted to me for just something temporary. Find me responsible and faithful to that which has been entrusted to me. When I stand before you, I want to honor you with what you have given me. Oh, God, help us to think in those ways. Not to be enamored like the world wants us to be with the gleam of things that are just temporary. Spending resources of God on things that are going to be burned away in the end. Find me responsible, Lord. Help me by your spirit. Help me to think like Jesus, to be responsible. So I wrote out this little prayer in my notes to say, oh, Lord, cultivate my heart that I might be more responsible in these ways. I've listed them for you there in your handout. More responsible with time, endeavoring to manage time wisely for Christ's glory and the good of others. Uh, part of what we do at Meadowbrook on staff is we constantly are reviewing and evaluating. We're planning and evaluating, planning and evaluating. We know what the purposes of God are for this church because he's given them to us in his word. We know what he's going to hold us accountable to because he's told us about that. So we're constantly looking, how do we plan to bring those about in 2023? And then when one of those things happens, we sit down and we start to evaluate. Did it accomplish the purpose? What do we need to do differently? If we could do it again, what would it be like? If we do it tomorrow, what will it look like? Just planning and evaluating. Could I ask you, as I'm asking myself, am I planning and evaluating personally regarding time? Am I planning this afternoon? Well, I can tell you I'm planning this afternoon because my wife's already said, you're going to do what I need you to do because we have a newcomer dinner at our house tonight. We're hosting about 30 folks. So uh, I know what the plan is for today. But let's say tomorrow, are you planning the use of time? Well, yeah, Randy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up and I'm going to go to school or I'm going to go to work or I'm going to do this, going to do that. What about when you get home? Are you planning that time, knowing that you're called to be a steward? Are you looking back and evaluating at the end of the day, before your head hits the pillow and you say, good night, Lord, 
are you willing to evaluate, Lord, in, in light of today, was I a good steward with the resource of time? Maybe that's where you do pull out your phone and see how much you spent. Maybe that's where you do look back and see how much TV time you had. Now, I'm not saying those things are bad in and of themselves. There is time that we just ought to sort of rest and recoup and maybe even use those things to the glory of God, for the good of God. But would you be willing to plan and then evaluate, did the plan get accomplished to the glory of Christ? Secondly, Lord, cultivate our hearts that we might be more responsible regarding talent. So let's faithfully use the abilities and skills to serve Jesus and his church. Listen, some of you have an ability to sing and some of you have a great ability to sing. All of us, God has given the ability to sing. If we can have some air come over our vocal cords to vibrate them in a way that we can utter praise. Some of you can do that incredibly well. So I invite you on the platform and help lead us in worship because you're a singer. God has given you the talent and the ability to be able to sing in front of others that you might encourage them to sing. Some of you can teach. Why are you not teaching? Oh God, cultivate our heart that we might steward well the resource entrusted to us, the capacity to teach. Cultivate in us the abilities, Lord, and the skills and the opportunities to serve in ways that would bring Christ's glory. Some of you have the means to be able to repair things. I encourage you, come, let's work together and repair things. Uh, I, I remember when I first went over and started helping over at Dwight as Meadowbrook entered into this relationship uh, some of the bathrooms that I went into over there had out-of-order signs on some of the doors. And, I, you know, it took me a couple of three weeks to kind of get up my nerve, but I challenged them on that. There should never be an out-of-order sign more than a Sunday in a church. You're telling me the Holy Spirit of the living God has not provided the resources through the congregation here that can't fix a toilet? And one of the first victories that the new pastor announced to the church, we now have no out-of-order signs. <laughs> How about that? They got it. Metabrook, we ought to get it. That God, you have given me a resource to be able to do things, find me faithful to do them to the good of people and to the glory of God. So whatever the resource, the talent, use it in a way. I remember one guy telling me, Randy, I have been given the ability by God to make money. I'm like, well, I'm glad I know you. <laughs> and he said, I want to do that to the glory of God. So he began to invest in ways that he could help Meadowbrook. Now, it takes a whole lot of people and a whole lot of giving to carry on the ministry and the mission of this church. But that guy and his wife are legacy givers. You know why? Because he recognized God had given him an ability, a talent. And he said, I'm going to use it for the glory of God. And hallelujah to that. Some of you can cook. Some of you can greet. Some of you are so hospitable. Some of you do 
wildly different things. Use it to the glory of God because God has entrusted that to you. I'm gonna kind of move quickly on this. Treasure, believing in your heart that your heart is full of the affection of God and what he's affectionate toward, the, the kingdom work, his church, his mission. And so you invest treasure towards that relationships. Lord, cultivate in my heart that I might be responsible regarding the relationships. What are you talking about, Randy? That God has placed us within relationship with other people that we might steward those relationships well. And we can do this by loving and serving people as Christ did as he walked with them. As we walk with people, we ought to serve them and love them as Jesus did. Right, let me just put this in a, in a real simple way. Are the friends that you have more deeply insightful and in love with Jesus because of your relationship with them? I don't know, we're just friends. Then you ought to rethink being a steward of that relationship. It's not about you just being friends, it's about you being friends and discipling one another. That takes it to a whole nother level. Are you leading them in the way of Christ? intentionally being a good steward creation lord cultivate in our heart that we might be responsible in in creation stewarding it well you know besides the command to obey god the first ever assignment given to mankind was to steward creation it's sort of um, taking a, a left turn today when you think about how we steward the land and it gets all political and and uh, well, I don't believe this and I don't believe that. Let's, let's just get down to the root of it all. Jesus said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we steward creation well when we use earth and its resources for the glory of God and the good of people. And that's what all this creation thing is about. Lord, I want to use it in a way that brings you glory. And I want it to be for the good of my family and the good of others. Steward creation well. And then finally, steward health well. Our physical, emotional, and spiritual health are gifts from God. Are you considering the stewardship of that? Stewarding, taking care of yourselves, knowing that your health is linked to your ability to do the, the practice, the purpose, and the principles of Christ? Are you trying to take care of your health so that you don't have pain? Are you trying to take care of your health so you can do what you want to do? Are you taking care of your health mentally because you don't want to have that suffering or whatever it is go the next step lord let me take care of my health what i eat what i do how i exercise let me see my body my mind my heart let me see it in a way that ought to be a good steward so that i am resourceful in your kingdom let me steward my health for the glory of christ and the good of others so god uses all those things all right you're saying Randy, I really struggle in some of that. Yeah, I do too. And where you find the struggle, you find the cultivation. Can I just remind you that cultivating is turning up? Cultivating is taking out? Cultivating is infusing good? 
And that's not just restful. For those of you who have gardens or maybe you farm, you recognize that cultivating is hard and difficult and sometimes painful work. So yeah, you might find yourself not being a good steward in some way and you might feel the weight of that. Listen, instead of feeling the weight of that, press to that and say, Lord, you're exactly right. Do the work in me. Help me to be a good steward. Lean into the grace of Christ. I don't mean to put this message on you in a way that you feel the heaviness. I got to do it better. Feel the heaviness and say, Lord, it's obvious that if your grace is not known to me, that I will continue to lag in this area. So I want to lean into your grace there. Help me. Help me to think differently about this. Help me to have a bigger vision of this. And where my flesh is weak and not helpful in me being a good steward, let the Spirit win out. And just ask God for that. Let me fly through the G's there, two of them. Uh, God is using, shaping our hearts for faithful, through faithful stewardship, helping us to be filled with gratitude. So being a good steward requires recognize that all that we have is a gift from God. It's cultivating a spirit of gratitude and thanksgiving and provision. So when you recognize that all things belong to him and he's treasured them to you, then you have every reason to be grateful. And this can help us to condition our hearts to be more content and more joyful and more appreciative of the blessings that we have received. Listen, don't constantly look what God has not treasured to you. Constantly look at what God has treasured to you. Be faithful in that, and he will be faithful to give you more. If you're not faithful with the little things, why would we think he's going to give us more to be faithful to? So, Lord, let me be grateful for what you've given and be a good manager of those things. Then finally, generosity. This work of stewardship in us promotes generosity. Stewardship is, of course, being generous with the resources entrusted to us by God. And there's a wonderful example of this over in 2 Corinthians. I'm going to move rather quickly as I read this passage to you. Paul writes, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. In other words, they were asked to give, these churches of Macedonia were asked to give because the mother church there in Jerusalem was really under great persecution. And they needed some, some resources who too were severely afflicted still gave out of their abundant heart they didn't have the abundance and resource they had an abundant heart and out of their extreme poverty Paul says came a wealth an overflowing wealth of generosity now you hear the, God, the heart of God in that it's not about the amount of money it's about the heart of generosity the capacity to give, the amount to give is totally up to God because it's a treasure that belongs to him and he entrusts it to us. All he wants to know, regardless of how much you have in your account or available to be from your account, God wants to know, do you have a generous heart? 
And he says the Macedonians proved to be that way. And so now he's calling on the Corinthians saying, hey, those Macedonians gave according to their means and I can testify beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Let me just mention a few things. Number one, when someone surrenders to Jesus and the Spirit begins to transform them, conditioning their hearts, they live generously. Their lives become an expression of God's grace. That's a good steward. The life becomes an expression of God's grace. And then you see in that passage, the heart and it longs for the opportunity to give. So although the Macedonians were in need themselves, they were looking for the opportunities to invest in the kingdom of God and to give. It's evident. They begged for the chance to share in the offering. And a surrendered heart has this just overflow of generosity living from within and then it exceeds the expectations of others. It's like, wow, man, that individual just gives beyond and it brings glory to Christ and then stewardship begins with yielding ourselves to the Lord. All right, so I'm parking it in the garage, about to hit the door. Here it is. Stewardship will make us more reliant on God, deepening our faith and trust in him. Stewardship will make us more responsible to live as Christ for his glory Stewardship will make us more grateful, filling us with joy and peace and contentment. And stewardship will make us more generous and compassionate. So no wonder he says, be good stewards. It's not because he needs you to be a good manager. You need to learn good management so that your heart is cultivated. And so do I. Let's pray together. Father, please give us a greater understanding of stewardship and enable us to be joyful managers of what you have entrusted to us. And in so doing, I ask you to cultivate our hearts to be more like Jesus. In his name I pray, amen.